Welcome back to Trending in Education. I'm Brandon Jones. I'm joined here today by just Mike Palmer, not even a picture of Dan. Mike Palmer, you are here. You are a real, live human being. I am, and I like to go by just Mike Palmer. <laughs> hey, hey, it's just Mike Palmer hey, here. It's just Mike Palmer. But yeah. sometimes just Mike Palmer is more than enough. To be clear, uh, listeners, I, I didn't mean uh, – I'm disappointed that it's yeah. just Mike Palmer. I mean, I meant – Mike Palmer and no one else. Yeah, you have a nice opportunity for some dedicated Mike Palmer time. Yes, yeah. yes. Yep. Well, let's uh, let's get it on. So today we're um, we're talking a gig economy. That's right. We're getting uh, we're getting giggy with getting it. Getting giggy with it. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh huh. That is a uh, that is definitely a trend. Uh, I think we we may talk a little later, or maybe even in a in a later pod about um, some learning uh, tie into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but should we should we talk first? Um, what is a what's a what's the gig economy? What's a what's a gig? Should we define some terms? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go way back. Let's take the take the way back machine to uh, I believe it was 1915, mm-hmm. uh, where there were some early jazz hepcats who uh, originally coined the term gig to mean uh, a job like a like that job that like a jazz musician would ha- like a like a jazz gig a jazz gig and uh, I don't know if you remember uh, when we were talking about hipsters way back when hip, you were talking hepcats when we were talking hipsters that's what I'm saying so hip and hep is also uh, you know jazz uh, etymology so a lot of these things come from those Hepcats, Daddy-O, from back in the day. Uh, and Gig, I think, uh, had its had its inception there. Uh, and uh, interestingly, uh, we could share out the link to, like, the etymology site, but it talks about the... I, I did see a graph of, like, the prevalence of the word mm. uh, over time, and it was really prevalent back in, like, the, the, the late 19th century into the 20th century. Then it dipped for quite some time, and then basically within the last... 10, 15 years, it's really made uh, it's having a comeback. It's having an explosion. A renaissance, yes. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, how would you characterize a gig? Like, how would you define? I, I want etymology. You want to go uh, You want to go definition in the current parlance? Yeah. So I'm, I, I, unlike Dan, don't have something to read to you. But <laughs> um, I would define a gig as a small, mm. discreet mm-hmm. job. Yes. Um, and you know the the a sort of atomic unit of that size mm-hmm. can be really small. For sure, um, yeah. you know, I was we were reading in some some articles here that um, you know filling out a five minute online survey for pay, yeah, maybe a gig for sure. So it's almost a micro gig. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's real small for sure. A gig could be an eighteen month contract assignment. Correct. So it, it's not only can be small, it's also of indeterminate size. Yes. Yes, but it's not full time. It's not full time. Yep. And yep. and uh, there's some interesting trends we're seeing around whether people are a hundred percent gig based in their employment or whether they're supplementing their primary uh, employment with with gig work. Uh, but it's also uh, in many ways tied to uh, the sharing economy and uh, millennials uh, who are emerging into a very different workforce in the in the 21st century and uh, a lot to talk about we I, well researched this one I will say we have yeah. we have McKenzie articles we do we, I think we should go there early we, we have HBR we've got that we have LinkedIn we've got it all and we have man. the Bureau of Labor Statistics BLS I mean when, when I heard BLS I thought 
WBLS, which is like a radio station in New Denied. York. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah it, they were, uh, they're kind of like a hip hop station from, uh, from back, hep, back hep, in the day. A hip hop station? A hip cat hip hop yeah. station. Uh, but uh, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. So like I, f- I almost feel like kind of classed up by yeah. these oh, we're, sources. We're ready you know to go. I mean? Yeah, yeah. We're so, ready to uh, go. So, so what, uh, w- w- what strikes your fancy? Which one do you well, want? Well, I to- think in the in McKinsey article, let's start there. So, sure. um, you know, we talked about what a gig is uh, and the, the gig economy, and you talked about more, um, you know, with the millennial workforce uh, being in a workforce that looks different today than it did 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the independent workforce, as reported by this article, is that um, – up to 162 million people in Europe and the United States, this is 20 to 30% of the working age population, engage in some form of independent work. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then this is, this has, there's a, um, there's a matrix, there's a two by two. Yes. In uh, here. We, oh my God. That's I know. The, yeah, that's the good. I'm, we got very excited. We, we were did. going back and forth coming in, and I was like, you had me at a two by two. I know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah the, uh, the thing about that is it's, uh, it's a frame, it's framework. And I think frameworks are good for discussion. Let's hope you think so too, listeners. But um, it's, it's good for, it's like, you know, mental modeling, yes. um, provide some structure. Correct. So, uh, so we like it. So they, um, the axes of this two by two is choice and uh, form of income. So um, on one axis is preferred choice mm-hmm. versus uh, not preferred. It's out of necessity. So are you working because that is your preferred choice or are you working uh, independently out of necessity? And then the other, uh, and then maybe, uh, Mike, you can walk us through what the four four boxes are. But mm-hmm. um, the other uh, axis is whether this is your primary form of income or this is supplemental income. Right. Yes. And uh – so that's the two by two. Uh, again, picture superiority effect uh, yeah. is once again in place uh, on this podcast. Uh, there's a picture. It's superior. We'll try to get it to you, but we'll walk you through it uh, at the same time. So uh, just going back through what, what you were just talking about, Brandon, the preferred choice and the primary income uh, sell is what they're calling free agents. Mm-hmm. So the free agents, they don't want to be tied down by the man to a corporate gig. They want to have freedom. Right. And uh, this is like your freelance writers and your uh, creatives, uh, you know, people working on screenplays, a lot of folks in the tech uh, industry. Uh, if you have relevant skills there, you have the ability to, to both uh, earn enough through your primary income, uh, and also it's a it's a preference. Right, that's your free agents. Yeah, I that's the best box. I'm I just would, gonna, I'm yeah. gonna hot take. Right, hot take. It's got a good name. Yes, uh, it's also of the 162 million that I quoted earlier, and this was based on a survey of 8,000 uh, U.S. and European respondents by McKinsey. So this is um, you know obviously a lot of extrapolation here, but uh, if those same numbers are whole to hold, th- about 30 percent of the independent workers fall in that box. Mm-hmm. And that'd be about 49 million people. So this is a there's a lot of free agents out there. There's a lot of free agents, yeah. and it's also uh, you know we know that uh, healthcare in the U.S. is uh, is a bit uh, upended right now, or right. a little bit of an op- an open question exactly how how that will be provided, uh, and then particularly if you don't have a a steady full time job, uh, that's the one challenge I think that's true for folks whose primary income is through the gig economy. They have to figure out how to get their health care. Uh, they have a, many different challenges than traditional uh, full-time employment right. at, a, at a large organization. Right. Uh, while, so while I think it is 
the pre- I always look for the two by two for the winner. This is yeah, the winning it's the cell. Win- it's the winning cell. But but there are new problems that need there to be are. solved. There are. ACA for makes it at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we're we're dropping this this yes. pod. Yes. Who knows what will happen between recording time sure. and, and pod dropping time? <laughs> yes. But although uh, <laughs> uh, last night, as of real time, there was a, a pretty uh, decisive vote. Some, some um, drama in the Senate. ACA yeah. still still afloat. Yep, um, yep. So. Um, well, the, I think that is an interesting uh, ch- development is that through ACA, like that now affords the opportunity for a lot of these free agents to make that choice. Exactly. Now, you're trading against other employer benefits, in many cases, 401ks right. and, um, you know, uh, subsidized uh, in, a, in an employer way, uh, health care. Um, and, but and you've talked about how like learning and upskilling correct. and continuing. Uh, yeah, you're on your own. You're yep. on your own in this box. Yeah, um, yep. you know because you're you're conceding some of that, and and that I think is the trend. You know, and talking about trends here, um, more people are choosing uh, quality of life, mm-hmm. and uh, as as I think you would argue, if it's a preferred choice and your primary income, if this is a potentially a quality of life choice mm-hmm. over some of the more standard. You know, employer um, granted uh, benefits. That's right, and then the uh, the other preferred choice, uh, folks who like uh, the gig lifestyle, but it's not their primary income, is what uh, what this article referred to as the casual earners. Yes, uh, which is uh, you know folks who enjoy the gig economy. Uh, you know, we at Kaplan we have a lot of uh, part time teachers. Yep, who would I think fall predominantly into this cell correct where it's a it's a supplemental income but they do it because they love it yes and it's nice to also get supplemental income doing something you love so that's the the casual earner and uh, I think more and more uh, and a lot of the articles that we read uh, sort of talk to this trend is that more folks who maybe historically would only have had uh, a, a full-time job and that was the entirety of their income are starting to move into this cell it's the it's the biggest percentage, you know, 40% of a plurality. Folks, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, are uh, 64 million uh, folks, uh, 40% of, uh, of those in, in uh, the, the gig uh, workforce are what, what are what are called casual earners. And um, I actually think it's interesting as well when you start thinking about the aging workforce, where as you get older, um, you're sort of preparing for retirement. Maybe you're even retired. Uh, so, like, you know, part of your income is your pension or Social Security, even as you get up there. Um, I think more and more there will be folks who still want to uh, to have some earning power that's their own uh, and uh, also be able to do things that they really love. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. Yeah. So, like, you know, also I, I think about all the show folk I know, you know, like the, the, the aspiring actors and actresses. Mm. You know, that's the group that I would sort of characterize here. The folks who haven't quit their day job, uh, particularly those in the corporate uh, setting. Uh, Mike, are you are you are you gonna? <laughs> is this like the first of several conversations in which you tell us you you're <laughs> you're really a showman? Well, you see, like my, my my only challenge, you know, I would say like my my gig right now is podcasting, mm. uh, and my income with podcasting is is not there. Yeah, uh, but uh, but I yeah. Th- you don't get paid for this? <laughs> well, I, I haven't been told to stop. Right. So in essence, that is yeah. being paid. You I, know? Think, I think from a certain point of view. Yeah. Let's go on to the um, uh, the, the folks. So that was in the, the row in this two-by-two two that was preferred choice. And out of necessity, yeah. people f- for whom um, out of necessity gig uh, work is their primary income yeah. is uh, called the reluctance. Yeah. 
Um, you know, this this is worse um, uh-huh. <laughs> because it seems like this is not their preferred choice Correct. since they are in the not preferred choice row. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's 14% of the population, 23 million uh, folks there. Um, you know, and I, I wonder how many of those um, turn gigs into more full-time work. Yeah. Uh, that happens here. You know, sure. you mentioned our, our, our teachers who I think are in the casual earners business. Um, uh, uh, bucket uh, box, but mm. hopefully not too many reluctance out there. Right. But um, uh, some, you know, those folks and whether you are, you know, a, a contract, um, uh, you know, copywriter, editor, designer, like a, a lot of folks trade those those jobs and, and with them, those gig jobs and sure. with them, the freedoms that come with that for the stability of a, of a full time uh, role with a traditional employer. Exactly. And I think the, the bottom row here gets a little sadder, too, because sometimes the reluctance are reluctant because they can't get the full time job. That's right. I was I was wondering how many of those there, there's some. Um, fluidity across the matrix here mm-hmm. any given person who's in the gig economy at any given time may be in one but I but she may be moving to another yep. um, you know I think that the hope is to move up into the left on on this uh, on this chart here sure uh, and then finally so the last the last box is um, people who are are working gigs but not enough to make it their primary income right. they prefer not to and and those are the financially strapped which also sound like we talked about how language matters. Free agents. Yeah. Free agents sounds so good. Like we, good. we love freedom. Like yeah. we're William Wallace, uh, American yes. or something. Sure. Uh, financially strapped sounds sounds worse. Yeah. Casual earners is like, yeah, you know, I can earn whenever I want. Yeah. I just want to casually earn sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's a nice thing. Yes. Yeah, financially yeah. strapped is like. Not good. Yeah. yeah. When, when's my next gig, bro? Yeah. Well, and I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, one of the gigs was, you know, filling out a, a survey. Uh, not not a way to make a lot of money. You know what I right. mean? So like you're kind of some of the like the interesting thing is the nature of gigs are such that, you know, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling and, uh, you know, Scarlett Johansson are also technically in the gig economy they are. unless they're under a major contract. Yeah. But like they're doing OK. They're doing like, fine. Th- they got plenty of gigs. They're yeah. going to be fine. What's well, good for the goose is good for the Gosling. <laughs> they're they're, they're, they're <laughs> nice. Take a gander at that, yeah. but uh, but they're free. Those guys, they'd be free agents, but they're doing. Fine. They're doing fine, as opposed to people whose sole means of income is Task Rabbit or you know Uber driving, Mechanical Turk, Mechanical Turking. Not not necessarily a way to make a lot of money. The only way you could do that, uh, you know, you almost by virtue of doing it are going to be financially strapped. You know, if it's your primary means. That's why you're reluctant because you're probably not going to earn enough. And then if it's a, a supplemental income, it's probably a lot of hours. You know, these Correct. folks are pr- like they're probably working two, three jobs, two, three income sources. Also, another uh, you know real life problem for this group uh, is their taxes, where you know healthcare taxes uh, more complicated than it is for folks who have a, a steady full time job. So, right. You know what I mean? So. Um, new set of problems emerging with these sort of fundamental changes in uh, in the workforce. And uh, I don't know whether it was <laughs> these articles are all uh, the sources are blurring together. But it, I think there one of them was talking about how it's been like a 100 percent increase in uh, the gig workforce yeah. in the last 10 it's years. A, it's explosion. Explosion. It's yeah. exploding. It so, is. Uh, so, yeah. And then. Um, 
you know, the implications there for learning, I think, it, you know, and the problems to be solved is an, an interesting frame, I think, for thinking about learning, where, like, you know, this group both both needs to learn the skills that they could earn gig income from, but they also need to learn how to live as someone who's engaging in the gig economy, which um, there's really no playbook for. Like, it's new. Yeah, know? and I also think that... Um to go back to the first part of what they they need to learn, um, the learning needs to be you know, used the word snackable before mm-hmm. uh, on a previous pod. It needs to be snackable because if you're going to have a gig for three months or three weeks and you need some sort of skill acquisition to be able to do that that gig well, mm-hmm. you can't be in a three month training right. program, even one that you're self starting. Right. The return on that uh, training investment, that return on that education, is going to be pretty low for you know a, a very small gig right so um i think that that's uh there's already that trend we've talked about is uh, is making things smaller and and more snackable but i think that for this population this booming population uh that's going to be even more even more important yeah absolutely and uh, just to, to kind of build on that point uh it's such a changing landscape depending on the field that skills you have today that you can earn some supplemental income from may change. You know, like Uber gets disrupted, suddenly Lyft is the thing. Or, you know, uh, the skills generally are similar, but, you know, understanding sort of the ins and outs, kind of like the life hacks for the gig economy, um, they're entirely new. The good news is for folks in this space, much of this is tied to uh, the social media generation too. So like you can get a lot of information about the gig economy, through Reddit and through like your your network of other people who are emerging as as gigsters, uh, is that a word? It is. I think it is now. It is now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hepcats and gigsters. Hep, yeah, getting giggy with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, I thought if I can, I, if I can just please. jump in. I thought um, one thing that was interesting in, in uh, jump off maybe from the McKinsey article to the HBR article um, is uh, that. Uh, entrepreneurial workers win in mm-hmm. this, right? So uh, the the quote is the the gig economy rewards hustle, mm-hmm. uh, and I think you know um, that's I think that's sort of a pretty American dreamy sort of bootstrapping, pull yourself up, and you know if if you are someone who can take on four equally sized gigs instead of three equally sized gigs, you're probably going to do. Thirty-three percent better, mm-hmm. you know, than than that other person, and and you know that gets that gets added. There's a, a diminishing marginal return on that probably, and and starts to impede on some of those lifestyle choices. But uh, I think that's good. I also thought that was interesting that, um, and this is where you know the in the matrix that we described the the financially strapped, that is the worst of those four boxes, but it can be better actually than the alternative. So this talks about. Um, uh, what's referred to in quotes even in this article as bad jobs, which mm-hmm. is a, a quote from, um, I guess, uh, an associate uh, professor at uh, Sloan, uh, MIT uh, B-School, um, uh, which are poorly paid, not secure, part-time roles with limited or no benefits and no control over schedules. Mm-hmm. So it's like the taxi driver versus Uber driver yep. um, uh, comparison. They're earning about the same amount of money, but you have a lot more autonomy yep. in the latter, mm-hmm. uh, and you know autonomy over when you work, but also uh, how sort of you can craft your work life to go pursue other work. Um, and so I, th- I think uh, you know it's what what are we comparing it to? Mm-hmm. Um, there is uh, you know it may be 
I think there are absolutely new jobs to be done, um, and I think uh, learning, if you want to go back there at some point, um, uh, a different need for this type of worker. But uh, it's it's not just comparing those workers to people who have better alternatives in the gig economy. It's also comparing against those alternatives in the traditional economy. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. To me, it ties to the concept of digital readiness, too, where uh, – Barbara Ironreich wrote a book called Nickel and Dime, which, uh, which, yep. which was really good. It was about the gig economy maybe like 15 years ago, and it was really uh, a bit of a sad story, you know, like where, uh, you know, she, she basically put herself in the shoes of a minimum wage employee who was just trying to string together whatever kinds of gigs she could. And interestingly, at that time, uh, that meant, um, you know, cleaning homes and waitressing. And one of the things she talked about was the difficulty just getting from gig to gig. Right. Whereas if you think more about the gig economy and someone who's digitally ready and they have the technology, assuming they actually have the infrastructure in their home, they're connected. Online surveys all day long, <laughs> exactly. baby. Exactly. But also like the ability to, you know, I, I think about this uh, at work too. Like when you have, if you're working from home, you can be productive all day and right. the time you know we joke about it but the time it takes me to walk from my my office to a conference room if you're working from home you just hop from meeting to meeting yeah. you don't you don't lose the travel time right. and uh what's interesting and it, it does tie back to that um that digital readiness for online the pew research that that we talked about a while back is that the folks who would benefit most from the the work from home digital uh digital gig economy frequently are not thinking about work that way. So like the, 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 the folks who really are financially strapped may not be educated enough about the ability to supplement their income through Mechanical Turk or, or TaskRabbit. And then even, you know, if, if there were a way to, uh, to take a simple survey to understand what options are best for you within the gig economy, particularly for uh, for the second job. And this is also uh, the other language that I like is the side hustle. Yeah, oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, everybody likes the side hustle. There's even a, a nice uh, panoply podcast called uh, uh, Side Hustle School. Uh, so shout out to Side Hustle School. I forget the guy who, who hosts it, but uh, Elon Musk's, the, the Elon Musk's honorary <laughs> Memorial seat, seat. Is, yeah. also, is also available for yeah. you. Um, but, but I think it is interesting, like, how do we – uh, give folks the information they need to succeed here. Uh, again, like I mentioned before, I think a lot of it is probably crowdsourced for those who understand the best way to crowdsource today. But uh, but like we said before, like those four cells and the folks within the gig economy is it's a really broad cross section of America, many of whom um, may not be going to Reddit. Uh, on a daily basis, yeah, but they probably could. They probably could, and I, I think that's interesting when you think about um, some of those bad jobs. And in, in, you know, it's described in Nickel and Dimed, or um, in the HBR article I was just I was just mentioning, uh, providing for someone who is a gig worker, providing that sort of snackable learning that can be stitched into her set of gigs. So that she can trade more of those jobs that require a commute, to require buying a uniform, or yep. require like all the things that end up nickel and diming someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether it's just training on exposure to where you get more information, whether it's providing a service that offers that crowdsourcing 
um, uh, and uh, gives people who are, are sort of less engaged, less part of that crowd, uh, welcomes that into that crowd. I think that that can be a way to expose more people to more better gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I think there's also a sense that there are gigs to be done <laughs> that are not getting done right now. Right. Right? Yeah. So, But I, I, I kind of like the idea of a um, working and learning sort of stitch that is, um, you know, you're purposefully preparing yourself uh, with these small bite-sized learning pieces uh, and engagement and community pieces. Because uh, it also talks about, like, marketing yourself sure. as, a, as a gigster. Yeah. Um, is like the people who are better at that um, make uh, do, do better with gigs, and I think that's a that's a skill also. Sure. That well, it's a, to be trained. Yeah, it's the whole uh, you know hustle is talent. That's Pete Rose, right? Yeah, Charlie. I think that's Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Hustle. Charlie Hustle. Uh, also, uh, apparently, he thought sports book was talent too, but that's that's <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a separate. Topic. That's right. Um, so yeah, so uh, so a lot going on in the gig economy. Um, and uh, I think we're we wanted to to raise awareness of it just because I think it's uh, it's a place that uh, the world is starting to head towards. You know, we try to spot the trend, see where the where the puck is going, if you will. And uh, I think the other angle that we wanted to get into was more what are the implications for learning, which I think we've we've touched on a little. Yeah. Um, maybe pick up on that uh, next show. Yeah, I think let's let's pick up on that next show. So. Yeah. Uh, this is, I imagine that many of our listeners are listening to this pod right now yeah. between gigs. Or maybe they're even like mechanical turking right now. They might be uh, – when I, when I say mechanical turking, I always think I'm saying twerking too because twerk – I think mechanical twerking – That's a thing. Pays less well. Oh, well. Yeah. well <laughs> that's a whole other story. Yeah, that's yeah, for – That's for a TI – trending in education after dark. Yeah, that's a different, that's yeah. a different show. The, so yeah. – with that, uh, I think we'll we'll head on out of here. Um, uh, we will we will see you all next week uh, on uh, on trending and education uh, with uh, just Mike Palmer and just Brandon <laughs> Jones. See, I'm trying to make it democratic here. It's good. Uh, it's, good. it's good. It's uh, good. Until then, follow us on uh, uh, on the Twitter at uh, trending and ed. That's uh, at trending and ed. Uh, check us out on Facebook and um, always uh, reach out if there are things that you want us to talk about. If you've got a great gig that uh, you'd like the listeners to hear more about. Uh, reach out to us. Until uh, until next time.